Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. I was tempted to use this time to uh, do my stand-up comedy, but I figured I would pass on that for Dan Coy's sake. Um, but thanks for the introduction. Thank you for opening this door and this opportunity. Uh, I don't take it lightly. So will you pray with me? Father, I submit to you. I submit to your word. Uh, I pray you'd use me, and I pray it would bring you glory, and I need you really bad right now. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So my mom is here. Hey, mom. Love you, girl. Um, Yeah, she's great. Uh, You should meet her or something. She would love that. Uh, But she can attest to what I'm about to say. I... For Halloween, would dress up as many different things as we all did. But she named me after Olivia Newton-John. And if you don't know who that is, that is, um, I mean, if you don't know who that is, you should, that's a problem. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, if you've seen Greece, she's Sandy in Greece. And so for Halloween, as a, I mean, like, multi, probably a couple times, but I know specifically this one time I was, like, in fourth grade, I dressed as Sandy. And I was like, this is my namesake. I am her. Like, I felt like Sandra Dean that night. I like, have the picture that I'm not going to show you up there. Um, but I was wearing, like, leather pants and a uh, black bomber jacket with the red lipstick, all the things. And I, I played her, or I dressed up as her so much that I felt like I was her. You know, and you're a kid, so we all play pretend at some point. But um, I think, actually, sometimes we do that with God. And what I mean by that is, like, sometimes we like to play God. And man, I've been so convicted recently that I've just been trying to play God for too long. And um, maybe you are too. So maybe we can relate on this. And we're going to go somewhere where you might not be expecting, but uh, it's one of the best Psalms ever. If you have your physical Bible, will you please lift it in the air so I can see? This is what we're going to stand on. This is the word of the Lord. And we're going to listen and obey to it. If you don't have your physical one, we'll use your phone. That's fine. You know, do your thing. Uh, um, it's still the word of God, so it counts. So I'll, I'll give you a second. Psalm 139. I know that it's mainly known for, you know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, which is great, and we're going to get there, but there's so much more to this psalm than just those verses, and it tells me so much more about who God is. And uh, when I seek him and when I seek to know him, I realize I can't be God. Like, there's just no, if I'm trying to play God, and I'm reading who this God is, there's, I, I fall short every time. And so let's search the word and see who is this God I'm speaking of. Oh, man, and it's good stuff. So if you have your Bible, follow along with me. I love how David starts this off because he says, oh, Lord. He immediately acknowledges that God is the authority, that he is submitted to him. And so he says, oh, Lord, and this is a prayer. He says, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I can't attain it. So what's the first thing we see about who this Lord is? Well, he knows everything. And if I'm playing God, I can go ahead and tell you I don't know everything. And I, half the time, I don't even know the words about to come out of my mouth. If you hang out with me long enough, you will see that that gets me in trouble a lot. <laughs> um, but no, he, search, he knows your path in front of you. 
And I think like as college students, as at this age and stage of our life, professors love you and uh, I know you're not in college or whatever, but, but hear me out. There's so much pressure to like know the step in front of you and to know your next step after college and who you're gonna be with and what, is the, what are you gonna do with your summer and who, what am I gonna do this semester? How am I gonna make an impact? And you're make, it, all this pressure makes it sound like you're the one making that decision. But it's not, it's not your, your decision to make. He has your path laid out already. He knows the words coming out of your tongue. He's acquainted with all your ways. And not only that, he hems you in behind and before. So he used, I know if I'm playing God, I can't do this, but he takes all of my mess behind me and he somehow hems it in to use it ahead of me to bring glory to his name and only God can do that. So the first thing that we see about this Lord that I'm convincing us that we are not God, the first thing we see is uh, he knows everything. And even David acknowledges this. He says, dude, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I can't attain it. He's acknowledging so, like, he's so high above him, he knows all these things that David could never. So are you trying to play God by acting like you know everything? And you know what's ahead of you? And I'm, I'm not trying to come for your neck because this is literally like conviction on me. And when we make all these decisions ahead of us as college students, you know, what's ahead and all that, who we're gonna be with, I feel like we like to use God as just one of the deciding factors. Like, okay, well, how much money am I gonna make in this job offer? Or what will this degree get me? And should I be with this person? Maybe I'll talk to my mentor, see what my professors have to say. And then maybe I'll ask God what he has to say too. And then we are the ultimate deciding factor. And that's just confusing to me because if he knows it all, wouldn't we want him to tell us what's next? Wouldn't we do the work of today trusting that he's got tomorrow? And my pastor says this so great at home. He says, um, is God just one of the numbers in your list that you're writing out? Or is he the page in which you write your list on? So God knows everything. Next, verse seven. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings on the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness isn't dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. So not only does God know everything, but he's everywhere. (laughs) And that's good news for me because if it was up to me to get myself out of the pit, I would have stayed there a long time ago. You can't deliver your own self out of the pit. And maybe you're trying. I don't know, maybe you're there. And I, the good news about this Lord that I'm begging us to fully submit to is that he leads you. His right hand holds you. Darkness is nothing to him. So when we're submitted to him as Lord and you're down in that pit, you see the light coming for you and he holds you like a child and brings you out. I want that to be my Lord. I can't do that for myself. I've tried over and over and I can't get myself out of the pit. I need him to do that and he's offering. It's, it's who he is. He's not gonna change. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Continue with me. Verse 13, it's about to get good. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Shout out, mom. I I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, 
when as yet there was none of them. <sighs> Have you ever praised God for how he made you? Do you give yourself that credit? For what you look like, for how your personality is, for what you can bring to the table? Do you give yourself credit for that? Because if I'm reading this, he did that. And I often, I swing, the pendulum goes back and forth. I'm either, either giving myself way too much credit as if I, I did this, you know, or I'm not. And I'm disappointed with how God made me. And what is that saying about the master craftsman if I look on myself and say I'm disappointed in it? So I was really convicted of this last year, sophomore year. I was just struggling, dude. Like, I was disappointed in how God created me. And when I wanted to be comforted, instead I got great conviction. And it was the best thing ever. And uh, it's almost like as I was spending time with the Lord, he gave me this like short story that I'm gonna share, but I first have to give context. So my opa, which is my grandfather, he turned his garage when I was a kid into like a workshop. And he would spend so much time in the workshop growing up. He was always making something and like crafty with his hands. And when you walked in, like the dust would hit you and you'd smell like fumes and wood chippings are everywhere. And uh, he made, for all of his grandchildren, he would either make like a leather belt or a bracelet. And I got a bracelet when I was a kid. He spent time making it. And not only was it just, we didn't all get the same bracelet or belt or anything. I got one specific to me and it said Kiki on it. Yes, that's what my family calls me. Don't bring that up ever outside of this room, thank you. But uh, it said Kiki on it and it was specific to me and he spent time making it. I don't think he was in a hurry and annoyingly made, like, oh gosh, I gotta make this kid one and throw it out. Like, no, he spent time in the workshop. And so little did I know as a child that that would begin to form my view of God when I read this. And so imagine with me that you're in this workshop with the Lord, the, cra- the master craftsman. And, and I just, this is what I experienced when I was praying that day and I was convicted. You pull out the image of God that was inside of me. You place it before me and I'm confused, disbelieving that that came from me. Because there's no way something so eternal and divine and set apart and similar looking to you just exited my body. But you stop me from denying it and you begin to walk me around your workshop. You point me to a chair that you usually sit down in and you invite me to sit with you. You nostalgically reflect on the time you knit me together. You tell me it took a long time and that you weren't in a hurry either. You knit my inward parts together. You molded my face shape specifically. You chose the amount of melanin to put in my skin, an an amount that you chose. You created the noise that my laugh would make, the audio, and you played it over and over to make sure it was right and you loved hearing it. You counted the hairs on my head one by one and put them there. You put my really weird taste buds together. (laughs) You put each rib in place. You aligned my emotions in such a way that made me tender to certain things that maybe others wouldn't be. You made me specific and unique and eternal. I was alive because of you. I did nothing to become created. I look over at you in this workshop and it's like there's tears welling up in your eyes. You tell me that it breaks your heart when I look at your creation, your Imago Day, the thing you spent so much time creating and I reject it, as if I'm spitting on and looking down the very handiwork and craftsmanship of the God Almighty, King of the universe, as if I have the, de- the power to declare whether God's creation is good or bad. He said it was good, and when we say is bad, we say we know better than him. Have you praised God for how he made you? 
Is he the Lord over your life? Whether in knowing all things, being everywhere and delivering yourself out of places or for how he made you fit for his work and his glory. If I'm playing God, I fall short in all of those. It's not really been working out for me and maybe you're trying to play God too. Maybe you wouldn't call it that, but I'm gonna call it what it is. You don't know everything. You can't deliver yourself out. You didn't create yourself. You did nothing to become created. So why wouldn't we? It's just foolish to think we know better that we're God. Why wouldn't we devote ourselves to the one who made us, who knows all and who's everything? Why wouldn't we stand on the firm foundation of absolute truth when my desires are flippant and changing daily? This is great assurance for us. I want to invite you to fully submit to him as your Lord. And it's easy to say Jesus is our savior, because that's cute, <laughs> but like, is he your savior and Lord over every, does his way go? Maybe there's something he's been telling you and you're like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna break up with this person because I like how they make me feel even though they're making me go against my Lord. I don't wanna go to the mission field because I would rather stay locally and be with my friends and my family and work at this cool church. I don't wanna go to the hard places. I said those things, dude. I'm not coming for you. These are things he's convicted me of. And maybe you too. And so I, I wish I could spend the rest of the time going through the whole Psalm, but for time's sake, let's finish it out in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What an invitation. If he really is this God that we're seeing, wouldn't you want him to search you and know you and try you and lead you and let you know if there's any grievous way in you? Now, another way that I like to play God is uh, I like to convict myself before God can convict me. Let me explain. Before I like go to spend time with the Lord in worship or in prayer or with my whatever it is, I legit feel like I've got to like write out whether physically or mentally all the things I've done wrong that day. Like I have to take inventory of my heart, my mind, my motives. Again, playing God. But I'm just like, let me, uh, I'll do the hard part for him. I'll write it all down and then I'll give it to him and he can forgive and then we'll get, we'll get the work done. And it, again, it's me thinking I know better than him. Do I not trust his Holy Spirit to convict me? To search me and know my heart and try me? I encourage you today, if, if there's areas you're not fully submitted to him in, or maybe all the areas you're not fully submitted to him, Invite him to search you, to know your heart, to try you and know your thoughts. Let him convict you and let you know if there's any grievous way in you. Let him lead you in the way everlasting. He's the only way. He's the way and the truth and the life. So my invitation to us is, is simply that. Why don't we do what the psalmist is doing? Why don't we pray this? One, acknowledge this as truth. Like, God, you know my path. I'm sorry for thinking I know better. You've delivered me out of darkness, and if he, haven't, if he hasn't, he can today. You're the one who created me. I'm sorry I've stewarded my, my body wrong, or I, or I thought that I, I could manage myself as if I'm the Lord. I'm so sorry. You're worthy. Wouldn't we say that to him? It's not a question of if he's worthy of it, because it's true he is worthy of it. And what if we just were people in this room who fully submitted to him and followed his way I guarantee you, your life feels more abundant. 
Because ever since I've submitted to the Lord, and again, you know, I'm, this is something he's sanctifying me. I'm learning more and more how to do it. But I'm telling you, ever since I had a real life encounter with Jesus Christ, I've had more joy and more peace and more hope, more stability, more, more excitement about coffee tastes better, friendships are better, church is amazing. I love like these people that I look eye to eye with, they're more than just a stranger. There's someone created in his image for his work. Things get better with him. Why wouldn't we submit to him fully? Yeah. Because we don't wanna give up our flesh or what we, uh, what we like doing. That's so temporary, this Lord is eternal. I just want to invite you to let him lead you in the way everlasting because it's greater than any path you're gonna go. And so the band's gonna come up, but I'm gonna pray for us because I think the response needs to be, whether you have your physical Bible or your phone, you need to say this prayer to the Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Some people in here might need to bow legit to the Lord. And don't think about what people around you are, who cares, you know? If it's for the Lord, then why does it matter what someone thinks of you next to you? Um, some of us need to worship fully, wholeheartedly, fully surrendered. Some of us need to give in to the command he's been telling us that we've been ignoring. Whether it's to break up with that person or follow the command to go where he's telling you or to get involved in a local church or whatever it is that he's convicting you of, maybe you need to say, okay, your way is better. I trust you. So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship him because he's worthy of it. Father, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the God almighty creator of the universe and you made every person in this room specifically and unique to reflect your image. And Father, sometimes we just don't live like that. We live as though we were the ones who, who got ourselves here. And I'm so sorry, God, for how I've, I thought I contributed to my creation. <laughs> You're worthy of our submission and spirit. I need you to do the leading. Lead us in the way everlasting. Convict us in ways we need. Search us, know us, try us, mature us. You're the only one who can. And I pray if anyone in here is questioning whether he's worthy of giving up all, whether you're worthy of giving up all the things we really like, I pray that your manifest presence would show up and there'd be no question. Jesus, I love you and I need you. And so does everyone in this room, so I pray we just act like it. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.